<laughs> so. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Well, welcome back, Dennis. It's good to be back. Uh, good evening to you. Good evening to you, young man. Mon, mon monsieur. Yes. Monsieur Eric. Yes, I have been to La France, and I have. You will have to see about La France. I have. And the uh, men who do not shower. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, the we talked about this before, or I talked about it. the The way that the French separate. The toilet, yes, upon which shower. you sit, yes. from the shower and the sink, such from that where you sh- so you don't clean yourself s- where you shit. You shit in one place, and then you touch at least two doorknobs on the way to the place where you wash your hands. And <laughs> from the country to which we honor the idea of the bidet to wash your nether regions, uh, it seems so awkward to me that. Did that, and this was this was this was not because this is the first time that I've stayed in a hotel in in France. Ah. All the other times it has been in an Airbnb, and it's like this is the way that the apartment people live. But this was a I stayed in a hotel where the shitter was in its own little closet, and you uh, you go in there and do your business. There was no bidet, and then you have to walk out of that room and then into another room. In the same hotel room suite area, to uh, to wash your hands, and it was just like, huh. Um, huh. why uh, don't they have like a a little towel, uh, moisturized towel dispenser right there in a garbage can, for example? Then you're washing your hand without having to have water or bidet. Well, now, this the, isn't that, this isn't that a would not, clever idea. That would not be very environmental, according to my research. Uh, Why? Because the paper towels absorb the particles of sheet in I, the air. I saw a video today that from the pro bidet lobby that said that uh, every single roll of toilet paper uses like 300 liters of water to be created, and uh, and every little spritz from a bidet is uh, a lot less than that. So, uh, any anyway. Played poker with a guy the other day, and he said he was at a hotel somewhere, and they had one, and he thought it was a drinking fountain, and how clever it was to be right there where he needed it. Well, I assume that was not one of the ones that is, because apparently the um, the Japanese are very innovative, or innovative as the British would say, on, innovative, innovative on innovative. on this on this topic where they have this little thing that like shoots down from when you're already on on the on the toilet and uh, sprays you. Anyway, let's get to another topic, please. Oh, listen, it's your topic. We can squeeze it, so to speak. No pun intended. No. Let's wipe. So let's, let's wipe this. So did and... I tell you about the expression my brother had? We're, we went fishing. We're on a, a fishing trip. Just got back and had one bathroom and six men. And in the morning, it was uh, rather uh, 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 nerve-wracking for some and and others other emotions but my brother says get him out of there get get your brother out of there and i said why he says god damn it i got a shit and i said well hey man you know it's i mean you know i mean mean, he's in there right so you knock on the door i'm coming i'm coming and he says man here's the phrase i'm gonna shit a ham that's good that's good (laughs) and it stuck to me i wish you'd had it shit a ham so to speak i'm gonna shit a ham (laughs) <laughs> oh, I have many funny stories about this fishing trip. Yes, and we should milk it for several episodes, but uh, I don't know. Uh, did you catch any fish? Oh, my God. So they will be posted. They're, they're enormous. They're, 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 uh, it's like a circus. It's a chaos of river and other fishermen and a netter is usually involved. And, you know, I mean, we fish for... A netter? A netter, someone with a net who's going to be netting the fish. These fish are so big that they're 39 inches long is the biggest one, okay? It's better than three feet long, and they're this thick. They're, they're two feet 30, thick. 39 weigh. inches for our non-American listeners is one meter. One meter. One meter. One meter. Yeah. One meter, yeah. Far in, in, the, the fish, fish, the fish yeah. was one meter. It's far innovative. 
Yes. They put it together for you yes. on the river. So, and so you, you have you had line that, in, in the case of the first couple of days, was eight-pound test, meaning it was a certain weight, and the fish was 20 pounds. How does I, I've always wondered how that math works out, that you can use a weaker line to catch a stronger fish. Because. Do explain. The weaker the line, the clearer the line, the smaller the line, the less visible the line. And so if fish are spooky... So if you're doing you a magic throw, trick... you're throwing a big, heavy line at them, it'll spook them. Uh-huh. But when you go down to an eight, it's much less recognizable. And, oh, oh nice, you bow. Okay, so that yeah. was not my... So my question was about the physics of the... How do you pull a 20-pound thing on a 8-pound line? It was how do you do it? Well, how does that work? What's the math? Well, there's, there's, there's math here that is beyond me, but the point is... I want equations, Dennis. While it's while it's um, not remarkable to pull in uh, eight or ten pound fish, twelve pound fish, even on eight pound test, when they're this big, they tend to break off. So you go to a bigger line, which we ended up doing, and and uh, it took four days for me to land the fish to catch a single fish. Four now, days land it. I had fifteen fish on over the course of the first yeah, few days. Your line is weak. Fighting and running the line and going up river and jumping out of the river with the line going out and then going around a tree and oh shit and it breaking off and jumping and breaking it and coming at you and breaking it and, but no fish landed meaning skunked in the vernacular yes this is, this, is, this is a metaphor for your dating life I think where, back in the day I yeah, can't remember that where back. you were you were just remember, been, you, you, I've, I've you, you had some you, I've married most of my you life you had some really impressive fish on the line but your line was just too weak, and, and they escaped. <laughs> right. My line was thinner, but then I made it thicker, and then I caught more fish. Well, so there you, you go. You can go wherever you want with that. <laughs> you, you want to start talking about the bidet again, you freaking quirk? So no. Okay. Are you, okay, are you so, sure you're not British? So you... <laughs> are you sure you're not British with a clever American accent? I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I'm po- positive. It's very innovative if it's true. Yes, this is this is this is how this is how the British speak in Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> so okay, so where you live with all your other podcasters? How's that going, by the way? Well, it's been remarkable at breakfast. Everyone wanting in line to to get to the freaking microwave to pop some kind of cherry popper. No, nothing they, fancy, but everyone has one. We don't, we don't want to get to the microwave. We want to get to the microphone because we're podcasters. Podcast. That sounds pretty serious. Do you want to talk about it? No. With a weaker line, you're going to get more nibbles and bites and stuff, but then you can't actually bring the fish in. Um, so it could be that that would be a trade-off. Uh, uh, yes. Um, and sometimes the fish are so spookish that you got to go even lower to a six-pound test, lighter, thinner. So that the odds of um, catching mm. the fish increase because you'd rather have one on for a minute than, than necessarily bring one in. You can't bring one in if you don't catch the ratio of landed fish to fish uh, uh, hooked right. is about one to ten. Okay. So yeah, so one day. But it's it's, this- it's way more inter- entertaining for the fishermen to have one that's like fighting him and then it breaks off and you're like, oh well. Such is life. Uh, well, we wouldn't rather have that. No, we'd rather net it and land one because otherwise you're. So I'm missing. Stumped. I'm missing the the trade off. That you're. I mean, you. I don't know. I'm sure with a with a heavier line, you're going to get fewer bites. But then well, with, so with speak, fewer bites, this, this isn't a fish that bites, so to speak. This is. I'm, a, I'm talking. Uh, uh, generally, I understand. hooks, hooks, uh, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I, I, Flies. 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 It's really a word. So flies. Is there a joke? You throw flies at them. Is there a joke flies. among among fly fishermen that you say oh, your flies down? No. No? There should be. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No, there shouldn't be. If you said that in a river, you'd probably fucking drown you. Well. You're obviously from some fucking godforsaken planet that, that doesn't know how to fish the river. 
Well, for sure, I don't know how to fish the river. So it was a successful journey, all in all. Oh, oh, oh! And and here's the here's the thing of it is that my brothers and I, there's four of us, and then our buddies, there's two of them. So there's six people. That's a lot of people to fish. So we have a hole, so to speak, a fishing hole hmm. where the river changes and the logs are there, and they create a pool. And in that pool, the fish that are busy swimming around, they get tired, so they go in the pool and they rest. Mm-hmm. And then when you throw something in front of them, you kind of hope that they breathe it in because that's what they're doing. They're just going, walk, open the mouth, close the mouth, stuff comes in. If it's stuff they want to eat, they swallow it. If it's stuff they don't want to eat, the gills clean it out, and if it's dirt or whatever, they don't eat it. And that's what they're doing. So you want to get something right in front of them. And then when you're near them, you want to bring your hook out of the water and catch them in the lip. Okay. So it's uh, it's it's my brother, Timmy, is crazy with this, crazy, where he has got one day, he had 40 fish on him one day, 40, playing fish, jumping out of the water, breaking up, fish on, fish off, and landed uh, Wait, that's, seven. that's from the Karate Kid. What's that? Fish on, fish off. <laughs> There's a lot of parallels. Okay. There's a lot of parallels. So so this, this whole idea of it's good to have fish playing with you but it's better to actually catch one do what do you do with, with the fish when you catch them we resuscitate them and then let them go after we take pictures right you say hey cheese here's here's a picture don't die on me come back to me go in the water and you have a fish by the tail and you point them upstream which is their natural position to take in oxygen and you hold them by the tail and gently under the belly between the two front uh, fins, mm. and you pull them back and forth and, and move them up and down the river a bit, which opens their gills and moves water through their mouth out their gills, and pretty soon they'll start to wiggle and shake, and then they'll swim away. Okay. Then they swim further up the river, and eventually, within a matter of weeks, they will die. And I have made contact with them in a way that is blessed and sometimes cursed. In the spiritual world, in the spiritual realm, or on your plate. Take me to the river. So there's no mouth-to-mouth CPR. It's more of a river shuffle. If, if uh, you were there, it would be, I'm sure. But no, we don't do that. Okay, good. I'm, good sure, you would, I'm sure you would want to go mouth-to-mouth with the fish. What you want to do with anything that, that legs or no legs makes no difference to you. Right. Give me some lips. <laughs> That's all it has to have is lips, and you're ready to make friends. That's, Wait, that's so, just, so do fish have lips? Of course they do. Okay. So you'll post something. Post a picture of fish lips. Uh, <laughs> and, post, and then post a picture yourself and see, what, see if you see what I see. So tonight. Yes, sir. Tonight, I have to tell you. I'm trying a new brew that I am absolutely delighted with. Luganitas, little something, something ale. Something. For you, something. A little something. Little something. And yeah. it's got a, it's got a little uh, IPA-ish, definitely robust. Does it have a little something? A little something. It's just a little bit of something. It don't got a lot of something. Nah, I don't need a lot. No, just a little something. You only need a little bit of something. Everybody knows that, except All right. for you, fish lips. All right, well, we will be posting that in the show notes. What? What? We're posting it where? That will be in the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 027. Well, okay, okay, all right, all right. good, good. good. Good in the math. Yes. Wait, no, so it's not only nine times three, it's three cubed. That's important. So, if you have a... That's important. If you So, for example... A Rubik's cube, that is three little cubes by three little cubes by three little cubes. Uh, you got twenty-seven little cubes in there. Although That's I think I think the inside is actually more of a of a of a hinge. But anyway, we will leave that alone. Right where we left it. <laughs> well, we never. I never barely even saw it. So I thought <laughs> it was it was a glimpse. It was a glimpse. That's twice you've abruptly changed the subject after bringing it up. That's... But I'm sure. I'm sure when you're editing this, it'll make you sound clever. So I'm sure. I'm sure you will do your best. So I had an epiphany 
in the time that we've been apart. Yes. Uh, I had a British friend take me out to a whiskey bar. And in this whiskey bar, they poured us just this tiny little, maybe a pinky worth of whiskey into a big white glass. Uh, and it, the amount of liquid I could have taken in all in one sip, but it cost like uh, 12 euros, which is like $15 or whatever for this little, this little finger, finger. Of, of, uh, of whiskey. Whiskey. And it was really good, high quality Scotch shit. And I had this, I had this experience where for the first like 10 minutes, I was just enjoying bringing the glass up to my face and, and just smelling. Smelling it. And it was what just... What was it? Um, it was... Uh, and, well, the... I don't know what the first one was. The one that we enjoyed the most was an Ardbeg, uh, which I will put in the show notes. That is a... Uh, it's a very peaty uh, scotch whiskey. And previously, I had been very... In my whiskey tastings, I had been very anti-peat uh, because it's just the flavor is just so fucking strong. But in this time, like I took just a tiny, tiny little bit of sip that that just wet my wet my lips and just my mouth exploded in uh, experience and flavor and stuff. And it was it was very nice. So we took this this little tiny sliver of a finger. And for 15 or 20 minutes, we just sort of nursed this thing. And oh, yeah, it, it yeah, was yeah. just so, so delightful that yeah. uh, that lesser whiskeys don't provide that right. experience. Um, right. Blends, for example. <clears throat> right, exactly. This was a single malt, of course. Uh, and it was just a lovely experience. And so since then, I've been uh, very curious about other such whiskey experiences. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, uh, when you come to see me, you and your family... Um, we will go to Tiffany's in Kalamazoo where they have on stock every scotch whiskey that is comes into the United States. It's an entire row of scotch mm-hmm. from low, low, low shelf to high shelf. And then uh, back in the back, a couple behind a glass case locked that are even more ex- ex- exotic and extravagant and particularly in bottles that are shaped by uh, glass blowers into, you know, like a trumpet or a, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how. I understand that you need to differentiate differentiate yourself with the look of your bottle. But. But on the other hand, if your shit is good enough, maybe yes. maybe you don't need to. Um, so and, I will tell you this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. That I recall uh, the once upon a time I did a tour of the distillery for the Glenlivet, uh-huh. uh, which is a well-known uh, Scotch whiskey brand. Single. Uh, yes. And w- it was fascinating to see how they, you know, they put all this importance on the purity of the, of the water in the highlands of Scotland and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the thing that most stuck with me from that entire tour was where they said, look, the whiskey we are making right now we are going to put into casks for 15 to 18 years. And whiskey is a luxury item that can only really be sold when the economy is good for spending on luxury items. And there ain't nobody that has any idea of what the economy is going to look like in 15 years. <laughs> because right. because we, like your best experts, might make a slight guess about what the economy is going to look like in two years. Right. But at right. that, at that at point, there's best. so much chaos theory that you just have no yes. clue. So they are just That's sort of, they're just sort of making it up how much quantity they they make, and maybe in 18 years the economy is shit and they have to uh, sell it for less, or the economy is great and then they have a limited quantity and they can sell it for a lot more. Uh, it's it's that sort of crazy math that had it had never occurred to me that. Uh, how hard it must be to decide how much to make for a for a time way far in the future. Uh, I don't. I don't. Would I wouldn't think that that's what the question is for them. I believe the question is: given the facilities they have, what how, percentage of those facilities will be used for that? And whatever that is, that's what they make. But as long as it's not 
ridiculous. No, no, no. But, but it's not. It's not that. It's, like they have to choose uh, what percentage of our facilities will be used to make uh, nine-year-old scotch, and how much will be used uh-huh, for twelve-year-old uh-huh. scotch, and how much will be right. used for fifteen and eighteen. Right. There's only so many barrels. Sure. Spaces. Right? For sure. I for mean, sure. Right. But it's a matter of uh, sure, partitioning. For sure. Partitioning. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Partition that's this. IQ. Try IQ. It's just for the listeners. Mr. Professional Podcaster just gave me the finger, gave me the bird. Well, if I was disrespectful of an old man, like fuck you, man. If I wasn't, if I wasn't Scotland, Scotland, I would give you two. Why? Ah, that's a good question. So, the apocryphal answer that is almost certainly totally false that. In England, if you want to tell someone to fuck off, you show them two fingers with the knuckles facing the person, not the peace sign. Uh, that The two fingers, the, the story goes uh, that uh, it was a thing between the English and the French where uh, the English were totally dominating the French with their longbows. Off of off of horses, where they would they would you know pull back and, and you know fire these yeah. these these arrows really far, and they would just destroy the French, and so the French took to the idea of any time that they captured someone when they weren't sure if they were an archer or not, they would cut off their two fingers, to be like, well, you're not going to fire any more arrows at us. So the British took to giving whenever they saw. Uh, an enemy Frenchman, they would hold up two fingers like, I still got my two fingers, motherfucker. Uh, And I'll cut yours off, bitch. Right. So that is the... That's not very nice, but... That is probably totally false, but it is certainly true that in England, if you're going to order two beers, you need to do it with... uh, The peace sign. With the peace sign, not the knuckles face. Right, which actually, peace or V for victory is the same. Churchill was the peace sign as V for victory. Yeah, so did you know there was a Roman one time that went into, into a bar and held up two fingers and was like, I'd like five beers, please. <laughs> because <laughs> right, right. the numerals. You, you, don't, you, you, you dare not explain it to our listeners. Now, this is going to be a big hit in Uruguay because they're all about, they're all about uh, bars and stories about Romans, I, or so, or so I've been told. I, in the in this week that we've been apart, I have actually met some people from Uruguay. There you uh, go. There you go. And however, I don't. I think we've sort of fallen off the fallen off the Uruguay charts. Well, I, so, the last time I checked, was two weeks ago, we had jumped six. So yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure with this with this particular entry, uh, we will r- skyrocket back up. <laughs> to our pinnacle. Of You're supposed whatever. to do research on what is of interest here. We've not done it. You're basically a lazy oh, I shit. I can I can tell you, you, football. Well, you met you met you met you met Eurakian. They're not called Eurakians. What are they called? Jesus Christ! What are they called? Uh, in English, I would say Uruguayans. I don't know. I've never. I don't, who knows? I know equestrians because they all. Ride horses, polo, right? Shit like that down in the. Yes, for sure. Huh? Yes. Huh? For sure, for sure. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, well, for God's sake. Oh. So we had this phenomenon where while we were fishing on the river, and imagine, if you will, that there are in the river, the, uh, the Salmon River in Syracuse, that there are, on a weekend, a fisherman or a fisher person, a man or a woman, fishing within 20 feet of you. And that that is a perpetual view all the way up the river. Every 20 feet, there's another person, both sides of the river, and everyone is drifting with the river. And some are catching fish, and some are not, and some are, and some are not. And occasionally, a boat would bump by. It's a flat-bottom boat with a guy with oars, and then a person in the front, the person in the back, as many as three people, and they bumped down the river, so to speak, because it was, you know, in the deepest part, it was six feet deep, four feet deep, shallow, two feet deep, whatever. Sure. And they go down the river. So at one point, the guys who were local, I guess, started yelling when the boat was in view, real loud, boat, boat, 
boat. And then guys up the river, all the way up the river would go, boat, boat. And so it was, it, I never heard it before. I've been fishing there 20 years. Nobody's ever done that. But the proliferation of boats in the river has gone sky high. So it's likely a whole new uh, day in age with the traffic. Because you got to pull your line up when they come by or you're going to get tangled with sure. their oars. So, so like I the, tried to start the chant later in the day. Oh, no. The, there weren't any locals around, and I was alone. Boat! None of my brothers said anything. And we were with six guys. Nobody up the river said anything. And then I yelled out, goat! And my brother, Timmy, says, oh, I thought you said goat! From the, the punchline from that old Irish island uh, joke about about the about the, the old man in the, in, in the audience. Uh, but it... And, yeah. But still, I tried it later, and nobody joined in. So there's something weird. You're the boy who cried about goat. being the only person on the river who's screaming out about a boat or a goat. Boat, boat. Hmm. That's interesting. Like potentially, the the signal that a boat was coming could travel faster than the boat itself. Precisely. And because there were yes, even up the river, anyone hearing a yell of some kind that had that syncopation right. would be understood to be boat, even though all they would hear up the river is, mm, mm. Right. They would think, they would think, mm. they would think, oh, mm. that's it. Mm -hmm. So. That's interesting. <laughs> Greetings, podcast listeners. I'd like to break the fourth wall for a moment and talk directly to you. Dennis and I have a lot of fun making this show, but podcasting takes equipment, time, and energy. If we're going to sustain this show for the long term, we need some help from you. Think about it like this. We're giving you roughly four hours of content every month. How much is four hours of entertainment worth to you? Think about other things that you pay for to be entertained for four hours, like two movies, or a round of golf, or a weekly yoga class, or maybe a concert. That's the level of support we'd like from you. If you find our discussions entertaining, we'd really appreciate any support you can afford to give. Please, if you can't afford to give money, don't. But if you can, to donate, go to happyhour.fm and click on the red Become a Patron button at the top. And then choose a tier that you'd like to support us at. Thank you very, very much. Now, back to the nonsense. One of my favorite uh, examples... One of my favorite um, versions of a of a of a web comic that I really like uh, does the calculation of how quickly someone like say in California there's an earthquake and when someone feels the earthquake they go and they and they go to tweet about it on their phone and potentially their tweet could reach someone before the shockwave of the earthquake actually reaches the person. So, so someone could see a tweet saying, hey, there's an earthquake, and then feel and the shockwave. Right. And so your description of this uh, faster-than-boat uh, propagation of the information uh, reminded me of that. That comic will be in the show notes. Uh, it is so, so good. Speaking, speaking of comics, so have you seen, and can you please post some of the stand-up comedy from the current president of Ukraine, who prior right. to his post as the president of Ukraine was, in fact, a stand-up comic. I would be interested a in A stand-up comic who played, who played the president. Who played the, in, in one of his right. uh, acting uh, gigs. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And, uh, and, and, and here he is. At the center of the car. I love, I love the Which fact is not that, totally yeah. different from our situation, but yes. There's a spaceship that lands on Earth somewhere near uh, Columbus, Ohio, I think. And the spaceman says to a guy standing on the street, take me to your leader. And the guy on the street says, uh, we're, we're having a little issue with that yeah. right now. it's not a good time right now it's, let's uh maybe not, come back not, in four years it's not a good time uh so he might grab you by the crotch <laughs> but who it, knows if that's where your genitals are well or by the throat because if that's where they are right exactly or in the forehead area like they are uh for you for don't example. stop yes i you admit it freely i would appreciate people not touching my forehead because it excites yeah. me uh, it's not what I hear at all well, about what you want 
in what you do, but it's not it's not for me to talk about your forehead on the air. If we if we possibly would be video would would skyrocket because they would see how weird you are with the stuff growing out of your forehead and we'd be successful. So we should we should switch to video. Yeah. But then they might see you too. Well, and I think it might counterbalance. Uh, yeah. 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 Just saying. Why is that? Why is that little well, grasshopper? Well, I don't know. Your, your aspect. Fish on. Fish off. Yes. You're always, fish on. Fish off. You're always fishing on and fishing off. The whole, I don't know. The whole capturing and then resuscitating. <laughs> So I took some videos on the river. We can, we can post one if you'd like. But this one particular was I would title it. I would title it, the Netter. And it was about our buddy Rick, who was under the pressure situation of having to net a fish for the most successful fisherman on the river, my brother Timmy, who had yet another one on ready to be netted, because he successfully played him to the point that he could, she could, be netted. And you're the man with the net. And I see that you're yawning. So you have two. So you have two. So so Timmy had two fish on on a line, on two separate lines, because he caught one and then. How did that work? What? 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 You said you said you said the netter was gonna was gonna net one of one of Timmy's fish, but Timmy also. Of the many over the course of the uh, day. Not simultaneous. Okay, got it. That were nettable and netted. No. I was his netter and, and, and pretty qualified netter. But this is about Rick, who it's, it's nerve-wracking. I mean, you've got a fish that's 20 pounds splashing around in the water. There's a log behind you. If the fish goes over, it'll get away. If you go too deep, you're going to get wet in the net, and the fisherman's trying to bring the fish toward the shore. I'm so terrified already, yes. And the fisherman yells, get him, get him. And you lunge and you might miss. You lunge, you could hit the fish and knock it off. Ah, shit. Or you can lunge and you can get the fish head on. Well, yeah, but it's nerve wracking. And there's Rick and a lunge and a miss. And a lunge and a miss. The fish is out. finally a lunge and successful. And I zoom in to do a close up of his face. And it is one of perfect relief. Relief. And wait, 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 wow. the face of, of Timmy or the Release. fish? No, the fish, the fish is which relieved. I got close to that, was like all teeth and eyeballs. Uh, and I, rah, rah, rah. It'll be it. posted. Yes. Well, I think you, there was, you just there, painted a picture. There was a controversy. And no. we might. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that it's probably a fair fish, game. A fish traversy. For a controversy. Yeah. And so we should post, post it, post the video, and get viewers to chime in. But it's a picture of my brother Joe. Who is so? Some of us measure our fishing day with a ratio of number of fish on to number of fish landed. It's typical. Fish on. You know, I was I was fifteen one one day. Is that that good? That's it's one to land. Yes, it was my first landed fish in four days. But the fifteen I had on, you're not very good at this. I had them on on over the course of an hour and a half. That means every other drift, every third drift or fourth drift, I had a fish on. That was screaming and running and, 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 and leaping. Joe, however, measures the ratio by time. Number of time out of the river untangling knots and rigging up versus time on the river. His ratio, too, I feel like, like mine, is 10 to 1. So he spends 10 times as much time tangling and untangling. And so he had a fish on. And he had it hooked very well in the mouth. And he was playing it, and he was successfully holding it in a position where Timmy, the best netter on the river, could net the fish. Best netter on the river. And as the video plays out, and it's cockeyed and this and that, you finally see Timmy start to go and not to go, then to go and to go. And when he got under the fish, the video shows a fish flying in the exact proximity of the net into the air. Completely airborne. No, the fish wasn't in the water at all. It's out of the water. And then in the air. Nothing but net. Nothing but net. Swish. And the controversy is this. Fish swish. Did he have the fish in the net and did the fish jump out? Or when he netted the fish, did he actually help it 
jump out by bumping it. There was a controversy brewed, and our good friend Cowboy, who's large and in charge, and he said, he's from Pittsburgh, and he said, you knocked that fish off. You knocked it off. That's clear as day. The Timbers were bullshit, man. That fish was in the net. It jumped out of the net. And so there's, we should post it. And well, we will post it. So I have a one-minute version. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think that our listeners need to see this video for themselves and decide on their own whether or not the fish was in the net and then escaped or it's like... You know, your net is sort of like a, a really loosely strung tennis racket, right? So you're sort of well, like lobbing you, the fish. Are you sure you're not British? Come on. Go ahead and admit that you're, you're a fucking Brit with a, with a clever American accent and that your parents adopted you or whatever. I mean, if you if if you're if you're if you're loving loving the with the with a racket over the over the net, what's that? Uh, I don't what know. Is, that's French. Why are you? I've been in. Why fin- are you speaking with a French accent? Because and, the, and the, I, what? I don't know. You're you're out of control. You're, I don't know. I don't know where I am. You're. This has happened to people before, where they forget where they are in an important time. I mean, I was, I told you I've been in meetings where I like, I look up from a, a moment, a split moment of reverie, and I don't know where I am. It's like waking up in a hotel room because right. when you're traveling and not knowing right away what city you're in and, and whether you're getting out of the bed to the left or to the right. Well, and the, the super freaky part is when, when it's so dark that you can't see any walls and then you have to be, you have to sort of be feeling along the wall because you're not really sure what the fuck room you're in. Uh, has that happened to you where you, you wake up somewhere and you're just totally confused as to where the hell you are and eventually maybe you find a light switch or a door or something? No? Is that only me? Feeling such a special feeling. You've done that too. Feeling for the walls at night. I know, but like... And wishing you were here. Well, or or you Or not. like the, the window... Looks sort of like a window but in the wrong place. What? Is it? At night. Oh, what's that? Know. Yeah. Right. I, that's right. like how people feel listening to this drivel. <laughs> drivel. Like, that's, well, the drivel. That would catch on. That would be a good name for a band. The drivel. Right? And it'd be slobbering, gross right. musicians. You drivel for a bit, and then you shoot, and then nothing but net. <laughs> Greetings, podcast listeners. I'd like to break the fourth wall for a moment and talk directly to you. Dennis and I have a lot of fun making this show, but podcasting takes equipment, time, and energy. If we're going to sustain this show for the long term, we need some help from you. Think about it like this. We're giving you roughly four hours of content every month. How much is four hours of entertainment worth to you? Think about other things that you pay for to be entertained for four hours, like two movies, or a round of golf, or a weekly yoga class, or maybe a concert. That's the level of support we'd like from you. If you find our discussions entertaining, we'd really appreciate any support you can afford to give. Please, if you can't afford to give money, don't. But if you can, to donate, go to happyhour.fm and click on the red Become a Patron button at the top, and then choose a tier that you'd like to support us at. Thank you very, very much. Now... Back to the nonsense. So I'm going down to New Orleans. I'm leaving tomorrow. We'll be we'll be da, da, uh, we'll da, da, da. Da, da, going down to New Orleans. <laughs> Gonna do something else. Just a woman told my mother the day I was born, I'm gonna be a bad man coming. Gonna be a son of a gun. Gonna catch some fish. Gonna throw them back. Fish off, fish off. In the net, out of the net, in the net. In the boat, out of the boat. In the net, out of the net. Fish on, fish off. Aren't we really all both in the net and also at the same time out of the net? We are so. Well, you are usually out of the net, so to speak. Well, I mean, I, is that a good I, thing? Um, I'm not being held down working, by the man. It seems to be working fairly well for you. I'm swimming along at my swimming own along. pace. Right. Nose upstream. Gills, gills moving. Right. So when you 
willed yourself to grow both an ankle and your genitals out of your forehead. Can yes. you now will yourself to turn your ample cheeks into gills? I, I can breathe underwater, yes. You can already? Yes. <laughs> but I... Sometimes someone throws a little, what looks like a fly to me, in, into the water, and I go in and bite it. But it turns out I weigh more than what their little weak ass line is good for, so I can escape. Well, let's hope you don't end up with a hook and a chuck of line in your fucking mouth for the rest of your life I've until got, you swim up and die. I've got a couple. Uh, on the... At least when we catch you, we take the hook out, and then we let you be free. Okay, well. If you really love a fish, you will set it free. And if it loves you, it'll come back to you. So you can fry it. Cowboy caught the same fish twice. My brother Mike caught a fish. Cow- wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What a beautiful sentence that was. Cowboy caught the same fish twice. Should we turn it into a into a ballad? Well, if... I met her at a bar and we first married. We divorced just a year after that. And then we met again and we remarried. And now all I can say is that, is that. Yes. Oh, cowboy, he caught the same fish twice. She was super, she was really very nice. Yeah. But he used a fly that you could not see. And that will be the end of me. What are you drinking there, bro? What are you drinking, bro? Hey, bro. A, what you drinking, bro? A Scotch whiskey. A Scot. It's not. It's not British. If you're going to say a Scot, it's not British. It's Scottish. I. It's I. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, it. It is a. It's a best Scotch there is. It is a whiskey. It's the best Scotch I had. Aye, aye, mate. Well, mate, what? Isn't that from Australia? They Got say it. that in, in the UK, too. Do they? They do. In, in, in Scotland? Well, I don't know about that. In, well, that's, in England, they do. Yeah. That's where we were a moment ago. Yes. So I, check yourself. Check yourself on this. I will try. You know, fish on, fish off. In the net, out of the net. In the net, out of the net. I, I, the net I'm telling you, man, it's all about tennis. You, 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 you serve really hard. You're casting your 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 thing, and it goes in the net, and you're like, "Well, <laughs> shit!" And so you try again, and you serve again, and your opponent hits it into, into the net, and you're like, "Yes!" So, you know, when you if you get a couple fish on the line, but then they leave, you know, maybe it's you know, forty fifteen or whatever. Forty love. Oh, it's the number of it's the number of fish you've hooked. Compared to the number of fishes that you've landed. Aye. And so there is, in fact, love involved. To bring the fish from a fish that is hooked yeah. to a fish that is landed, that is caught, Aye. Is, 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 is reliant on love, on love of, of many things. The fish, the river, the fly, the, hook. the line, the day. And, strangely enough, dun, dun, dun. God himself. <gasps> Yes. So, yeah, I mean, when you, whenever you start a game, like in tennis, it's it's just love all, man. <laughs> so where were, where were you born and raised? I want, I want to start a fucking inquiry. There is no way that you are who you say you are. It's, uh, who, who, you, who you say you are would never have said what you just said. Who you really are did. And what I want to get to is who really are you. So, well... I was born on the island of happyhour.fm. And I live here in my lonely existence, casting my net, and occasionally pulling you out of the water, only to resuscitate you and let, let you back out into the stream. Stroking me under the belly, holding on to my tail. I, yeah, I, 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 I. I. Get your hands off my tail! <laughs> I don't let anyone move. Just touch my tail. No bloke such as you. Let go of my damn tail. One one time you're in the net and then you're out of the net. You know, I got to... the net. This is sheep. She's a fucking let go of my tail. 
I let go of your. I, I let go of your tail when you're ready to swim away. Huh. Or we something. need some music. Musical interlude. When the fish is caught in the net. So let me explain to you the heroic move of the best netter on the river, the best fisherman on the river, my younger brother, Tim, who was my netter for the fish that was of the 15 that I caught. None landed. None landed up to that point and had the fish on in control to a degree, bringing it to the side, to the back, to the front, to the back, him yelling, don't pull him out, pull him out, screaming, blah, 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 blah. Pull, don't pull, him pull, don't net. pull. Then, just when he was almost close enough to get the fish, the fish broke off. And my pole and my line went flying in the air behind me, which he saw out of the left side of his eye as he lunged forward into the river and caught my fish and netted her and brought her in. So the only fish you caught was had already escaped your line? No. It broke off no, the line. I, caught, I landed. I, I landed two others oh, I'm sorry. as well. The first. This was a this was a correctly landed fish with an asterisk that says "Thank God for the netter," but nonetheless, a successful landed fish. Okay, so on the behalf of our listeners who are animal rights activists, I would like to question you as to the ones that break away and and escape. They still end up with the hooks in their mouths. Maybe not. It's, so it's not the it, ones that you times, that you. Hang on, hang on. Catch. Five times out of six, I get my hook, my fly back when I lose the fish. Five they're just not six. hooked all that well, as opposed to uh, hooked very well. If they're hooked very well and they don't run into a tree under a rock way up the river, right. then the odds are great you'll bring them in. Even you if you know. have a, a weaker line than the fish weighs. Yes, because the, the, the tension of the line is a miracle of, of, of science, where the 20 to 25-pound oh, test um, fly line connected to a 12-foot test line of about 7 feet long connected to a 4-foot line about 10-pound weight, right? That's an 11-foot drift when you're throwing your line in the water and the fly line and the, the, the monofilament moves up the river. Okay. That's your span. Okay, so... So you're not a very good hooker. Well, some wouldn't say that. Some wouldn't. I mean, if... I have my own. If, I know this, that over the course of the trip, I landed three fish and hooked into 35 or 40. There were... Two of our friends who came in and left after five days, who had hooked one and two fish and landed none and went home. We don't have any pictures of them. We, we don't have pictures of anybody unless we, they've got a picture. We should not even say their names. That's that's good. Yes. We shan't. We shan't. We shan't upon them. If you do, you would and enjoy it. So, Looking for a bidet. Oh, just shit. Well, it's a bidet. So, what's the nearest bidet, please? I shan't. What, what's the nearest bidet, please? I say to have shit myself. <laughs> I say to drunk too much whiskey and shit myself. <laughs> Look. Can you say, where's the bidet? So, so, some of us have more control than others. Uh, so, interesting that you... Yeah, this is a world that I don't really know... How many hours did you spend on a given day out at the river? We would get up at uh, three or four o'clock in the morning. We would. Uh, I was the. Uh, I was the camp cook. My brother and I share those responsibilities, so I prepared lunches for everyone to go. Is, 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 lun is lunch at seven a.m.? What the? You get up at three. Uh, you eat all day. You eat all day. Yeah, so yeah. you get you get a bag full of all sorts of sandwiches. Getting up at three. Wow. And so then you're out of there at 5, 4.35. You're on the river to claim your spot. You can only fish beginning exactly 20 minutes before the dawn, the minute of dawn. And so you go to the river and you find your spot and you sit there and you're ready to go. And you just talk in the dark with your, with your partners, whoever you're with. Or, and you, you should be rigged up before you go because it's dark. My brother, however, Joe, has got a light on his forehead, and you, which you would appreciate more than others. And he's rigging, and he's, he's, he's like, as he would describe it, he has hands of stone. 
And uh -huh. so he's trying to rig up these little tiny flies and this little tiny line and these special knots. And if you don't tie them right and you pull the fly, it'll come off the line. Well, you can't have that. you got to clip it and tie it again. It's got to be right. Uh -huh. It's got to be right. And there's special knots and this and that. So, you know, we uh, – we, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's up in age. He's a couple years older than me. And so he uh, – well, so if he if, if he he would wander away, after he was frustrated with tying lines and throwing in the water four times and have spending forty five minutes untangling, and it would walk away and we thought the other day what would have happened. We found him once, laying in the woods, uh, on a rainy day, and it was odd. And we said so. We were walking out of the river. There he was laying in the in the in the woods, a little damp. So we say, well, what's up? And he's just the most optimistic man in the world. Oh, hey, guys. How you doing? And say, so why, what are you, uh, why are you on the ground? Well, I, I fell, and uh, I just decided to wait here rather than get up because I might have hurt myself. As it turns out, he broke a rib, I think, and, and it, was, it was, I mean, wow. that's a terrible, terrible injury. So when he wanders away and says, I gotta go to the car, I gotta go take a shit or whatever. Right. You know, we, after a while, we wonder, and so we were contemplating what happened if we found him in the field that he had, you know, passed away. Right. And we thought, well, we would just go back and fish <laughs> because it would be a better story Right. if we fished and caught a bunch of fish. And you go found, and your, then, found your brother dead and then went, right, went back and to then, fish him more. And because he was in the fetal position yeah. and would sniff then he would fit in the net easier so we could drag him out of there. This is so like... We would just... We're just you were, we were trying to have a plan, right? Just, we we discussed on a previous episode that that movie um, uh, a river runs through it. That's all about fly fishing and brotherhood okay. and stuff. Uh, so, do you think when the fish pull a fisherman into the river, rather than say that they've been landed, they say that they've been rivered? No, because I mean the whole landed concept is very tethered to the fact that. We got this thing out of its environment into ours, and then I guess you let it go. But no, 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 that, no. Okay, well, nope. Okay, glad we nope. cleared that up. Shoot, shoot, you'd be drowned by the minister for saying such a thing in yeah. the river. Drowned, drowned in a river. <laughs> It's like, you know, I come here, I'm like all lighthearted, and then you come and you put this like, you like throw this heavy shit down, man. And it's like, wh why do you do it, man? It's, this is some dark stuff coming from you. So I have a question. Do, did you, so you let all the fish go? All but, yes, all but two amongst us, which we cut into pieces and froze to fly home. Fish don't normally fly, but if they're frozen, they will. Well, you have to throw them repeatedly okay. across the okay. So like a new game, like Frisbee golf. So you, you have some part of the captured fish uh, in your freezer somewhere? I don't, but my brother does, yes. He, he freezes fish and, and carries it on board as a frozen lump of fish. He's very proud of this, how he does this. He's, uh, he's quite good at it. He's, he is, in fact, the frozen fish man. The frozen fish smuggler, it sounds like. Yes. The, uh, no, no, no. I had some... No. I had some issues at the airport in France coming back home where, first of all, apparently France is on some sort of, like, high terrorist alert because... Because they are, and they uh, so the the airport security people there were very belligerent, and they would tell me something in French. Like when I when I got up, you know, you're going through the line, and then you get to someone that says, "Go over there to number four, line number four, and you sort of understand because they're pointing, and you go over there. And then the lady there was 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 like, um, da 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 da. And and I and I was like, uh, sorry, parlez anglais, sorry, speak English, and she yelled at me again, and she took my took my suitcase because I had a 
my only bag was a was a carry on, and and she got really angry and she like threw it, you know, in a way that was very just mean, belligerent, belligerent, yeah. and and then like I was trying to get out all of my stuff with my laptop and and things so that I could go through security, and then I went through security, but then when I got on onto the other side, my all of my items were chosen to have uh, further inspection, of uh, course, and so then. I got to the other side, and the and the lady there. Well, first of all, the first person I I got said, uh, blah, 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 and I said uh, English, and they said, okay, well, then you go talk to this other meaner person over here. And so she was just very, just angry that she had to deal with me at all. What and country? France. France. And and she said, uh, every time she wanted to open something of mine, she said. Can I? And then immediately opened it before I could respond, as if I could possibly say, no, really, I would appreciate if you would not open my bags before I get on the airplane. Uh, so it was just sort of this fake mm, bullshit uh, mm, nicety. And, 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 so, she, and she, so she she opened all of my all of my shit and I I had to stifle a, a giggle as her. Her rubber gloves were getting caught in my zippers when she was unzipping my all of my my backpack and my and my suitcase and stuff. She would unzip and it would get stuck and she'd like try and pull it up, pull it away, but she couldn't. She had to unzip it back and anyway, because her gloves were too big and anyway, it was just hilarious. Uh, except that except that she was pulling out all of my shit and throwing it around and and then left everything to me totally with the zippers all undone and stuff. And I don't know, it was very invasive in a way that as a as a rich white dude, I'm not used to being treated. But well, I... listen, man. Post uh, post the, uh, uh, the experiment, the test done by the feds uh, to uh, try to sneak in over 210 um, people uh, with fake bombs and shit on them, and how many were detected out of 210. And don't bother to think that you need to use two hands. So the the actual okay. Uh, uh, hold on, I want to guess. This is in the U.S., I imagine. Yes. Uh, people with with bombs that should have given a positive response fake, to fake, the fake. yeah yeah fake, but they should Wires have been caught. Uh, of Including two, some of two ten, I want to guess that. I want to guess that two hundred got in. One was detected. Two hundred and nine got in. Exactly. That's. It's all just such theater bullshit. And to make us feel safer rather than to be safer. There's probably some substance to their increased safety with the some of the restrictions, but nonetheless. Yeah, and also I've never I, I posted this on, on the internet where I've never felt as much like I was in a police state where the police were there ready with uh assault rifles and and armor and shit to just take me down as I was in France. Like they, really? I ran into a, I ran into, I saw a bunch of police that were just armed to the teeth and it felt very unnerving. And I say this as someone who has been to Russia. Uh, right. So right. the fact that Paris was so Paris, uh, that France was so, uh, sort of like, I'm very, 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 very lucky that I've never been in a zone of armed conflict. And so it's, for me, it was very unnerving to see so many assault rifles being trotted around. And also this, this past week, I experienced for the first time what it feels like to have tear gas in my eyes. Oh no. Because I walked into a square and I was, and I was looking around and I was like, man, my eyes are it's, and then I ran into some friends that 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 I that I had met uh, over the past couple of days, and they said, "Yeah, do you feel that in your eyes? They've been sh- spraying tear gas around here because there's been oh. some protests and stuff." So uh, that was unpleasant. So anyway, I well, I so hope- you, uh, unusual or uh, so different from the U.S. and our our protected, uh, safe comparatively safe existence in this country. It's pretty yes. astounding. So I hope that this episode has not gone down as well as tear gas on our listeners. <laughs> and it, we will say a fine good night to you, Mr. Dennis. And I will uh, see it's you... It's about a phase of the special saving. What, what now? What now? What? What? In- innovative. Innovative. 
In- innovative. This is an innovative episode. Indeed. Yes. I. I. See, see you. See you on the morrow. Let go of my chair. <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you just heard, you can support us by telling a friend or sharing us on social media. Monthly donations to help us pay for hosting and editing can be provided at patreon.com slash happy hour. That's all one word, happy hour. All our episodes, including show notes for each episode, are available on our website, happyhour.fm. You can tweet at us at happyhour.fm. That's with a dot spelled out, happyhour.dot.fm. Or we can receive email at the same name, happyhour.dot.fm at gmail.com. It would also be great if you could give us a positive rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps other people find us. See you next week.